Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. We are just Whatever. exposing big laundry right now. That's that's really what this we're doing. This is an expose just right now. Just blowing the top off of mm-hmm. it. But why don't you want to go to bed? <laughs> I, I have this conversation still with my 16-year-old, but... Starting when they're little, mm-hmm. kids just don't want to go to bed. They resist it. They do. They resist it. And, and and just yesterday, I'm like, why don't you want to go to bed? Don't you know how good it feels to sleep? Don't you understand how much of a privilege it is to At this sleep? Stage in your life, you have so much time to sleep. I know. I'm just like, why don't I understand? Why yeah. I don't want to sleep? I don't like sleeping. I'd rather be up. And I'm thinking to myself. Man, I just know when I was a kid, I was the same way. Mm-hmm. How many times I would sneak out of my bedroom, oh, yeah. watch TV shows that in the reflection of the kitchen window <laughs> when my parents were in the living room because I didn't want to go to bed. I didn't want to miss out on life. But now, as an adult, one of the things I love more than anything else in the world is going to bed at like... 8.45 on a Friday night and telling everybody about yeah. it on Facebook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you get so wise as you get older, right? <laughs> At least that you could say that's what it is. Because you look back and you remember there were things that you really didn't like when you were a kid, and now you love them. I grew up in the 70s, 80s with big hair like Sarah Fawcett, and so I did not want to put a hat on my head because it would mess up my hair. And so I would endure the cold, but now I want to be warm. I don't care if I have flat hair for my hat. I want a coat big and warm. There was nothing more demoralizing when you would spend an hour with the curling iron and the Aquanet and getting your hair perfectly done, and then your mother... Would make you put on a hat to smash hat, yes. all of that. I'm sorry you guys had to suffer. No, you don't even understand. That's why we had picks. Because mm-hmm. then we would have to go yes. to, to back to yes. school and we'd have to re-tease mm. it. So we always yes. had a can of Aquanet at home and a can of Aquanet in our lockers. Well, I think this generation has a lucky. They have those ponytail hats. Yeah! Because you know? <laughs> they all wear their hair in ponytails. So they can just put a hat on and the ponytail's out and it's great. Yeah, I mean, I basically went through the entire... 80s not wearing a hat because I had too much hair. I went through most of the early 2000s with a hat because I didn't have hair. Wanted to look like Chris Daughtry. Oh, Chris Daughtry. (laughs) Shave my head and grow a goatee. That's early 2000s male fashion. Isn't that still what's happening? You're asking the wrong person about current male fashion. I can't keep up. If you want fashion advice. No, 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 no. From two people who have a job where nobody has to look at them. When you were a child, there were certain things you really didn't like. And then you grew up into an adult and you were like, oh, my word, I love these things so much. And if they can happen to you, they can happen to your kids like Melissa learned. My daughter and son-in-law adopted twins. And I went over to her house one day. She had called me crying. She just they both had colic and she was exhausted. And I got there, and she's crying, and she's holding these two babies, and she says, please, Mama, make me take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) I think that sometimes when I go home from work in the afternoon, I'm thinking, oh, please, somebody tell me to take a nap. (laughs) Give me permission.
You know how it says in the Bible that when you're a child, you put away childish things? Mm. Well, this is kind of the opposite of that. We want to hear about the thing that, as a child, you didn't care for very much, but now as an adult, you love it. My kids are in college now, and I got a phone call from my son, who was very excited. His apartment was getting a new washer and dryer, and my daughter asked for a vacuum cleaner at Christmas. Oh, my goodness. They're all grown up. I mean, oh my word, mom! <laughs> you have to be so proud! I, I laughed at him. <laughs> he said, Welcome to adulthood. There are things in life I don't understand. Mm. And one of the things in life that I don't understand, I saw was going to come right here. I, another opportunity for it was coming here to central Iowa. I'm kind which of excited I, about this. I know. For some people like Taylor, maybe you. This is truly exciting. For me, I just don't get it. Because when I experience food, I want food to induce good things in me. You uh-huh. know, like a happy mouth and a, a happy, happy tummy and a happy brain. <laughs> and I want to enjoy it all. And I want to be like, mmm, like when I tasted one of the truffles that Logan made yesterday. Oh, those are like a I, dream. I'm, seriously, that's like a true experience where everything is just happy. Mm-hmm. I don't understand eating food that makes you do something like, oh, I don't know, cry or sweat. <laughs> I don't get that because crying and sweating to me are are catharsis type things that happen after you've gone through a trauma. Why would you want it after you eat? I'm there's something unique about this, Jen. There's something special about Nashville hot chicken. And we're getting apparently a food truck that's going to be here in central Iowa. It's going to be called Chicken Heat. And basically they say this food is going to make you cry or sweat. And, and, and listen, that's a marketing it's not, ploy? It's not the point of it. It's it's a nice side effect of eating really good Nashville hot chicken. How could you possibly say it's nice? It's cathartic. Like you said, you're, you're like all of the bad of the day goes away and it's just like burning out all of the bad stuff inside of you. So you don't even want like a little... A little bit of bead of sweat on your forehead. Not sweat. When, when you're eating. Uh, I do not understand enjoying the experience of eating a food that is so hot you don't taste it, but it does make you cry or sweat. And see, here's the thing. With Nashville hot chicken, you taste it and you sweat. <laughs> and, and there's a good level of sweat, okay? I don't need it to be like streaming and need to like mop up, but there's like... There are people that enjoy if that, If you though. get just like a sheen, there's like a gentle sheen of sweat, and that's when you're in the, the sweet spot. I don't think it sounds sweet at all. I think it sounds painful, and I don't understand it. Sienna's kind of excited about this. I like really, really spicy food. I mean, when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I went through, I don't know how many jalapenos I went through. I just eat jalapenos. You just eat raw jalapenos? Out of, you know, like the jarred jalapenos. That you, what? Yeah. Did your daughter come out beat red? I mean, was she sweating when she came out? Did she crawl oh, out and say, like- Mom, stop! She likes spicy stuff. Of she course she does. The hot sauce on almost everything. You did that to her. You know, it's funny. My friend, she, he was like, you know, I want you to do an experiment for me. Eat spicy stuff while you're pregnant and see what your if your daughter likes spicy stuff. And I was like... I got that covered already. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sometimes your spicy story happens when you think you're tougher than you actually are. Spicy story. It's food. Please, Taylor, do tell us your spicy story. So I moved to Iowa from Texas. Yep. And I figured one thing that maybe Iowa wouldn't be able to do as well as Texas is have spicy jalapenos. 
Like coming from the South, we've got Southwest food, like jalapenos are a big part of the Texan diet. So you really thought that Iowa would be lacking in a certain department? Well, you know, turns out this uh, Iowa farmland <laughs> makes much spicier jalapenos or wherever we're getting jalapenos from. They are far spicier than Texas jalapenos. Oh, do tell what happened. I, I'm making some chili. <sighs> And I'm, you know, chopping up my jalapeno and, and like a fool who doesn't realize how spicy the Iowa jalapenos are, I'm leaving all the seeds in and I'm just going to toss the whole thing in there. Oh, boy. And then I had an itch in the corner of my eye. Taylor! Taylor, that is a classic blunder, Taylor. And I, I rinsed my hands off with water. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then no. I scratched my eye. Oh, no. And then my eyeball lit on fire. <laughs> That hurt so bad. And I'm like running around the house. Tears are streaming down my face, bumping into things, trying to find my wife. Like, Lindsay, you're a doctor. You know this stuff. What do I do? Lindsay, you have to find Lindsay to help figure out what to do. And then she Googles. What do you do? Well, a doctor Googling is so much more than a regular person Googling. And so it turns out what you do if you get jalapeno oil in your eyeball. Oh, I know what this is going to be. You soak cotton balls in In milk. milk. Yep. And you put them on your eyes. (laughs) And you guys only have skim milk. Did that work? I I took several (laughs) treatments. So now instead of stumbling around the house... With jalapeno oil in my eyes, I have milk running down my cheeks and cotton balls crammed into my eye sockets. I blame my laundry rule breaking on two things. Number one, my mom. And number two, the fact that they make clothes better now. Yeah, you don't have to follow the rules. When I was growing up in the decade that I grew up in. My mother was a fastidious laundry rule follower, and she had to because we didn't have color fast fabrics. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget the heartbreak of ruining my Coca-Cola rugby that I had saved to buy 40 whole dollars to buy that rugby. And I washed it one time and it and it all turned light green. So your mom would pull out the tags on the things and read all the hieroglyphics about how you're supposed to wash it. My mother had laundry in little piles ready to go. And and, and because she was also frugal, if the pile wasn't big enough, she would wait. And so maybe (laughs) your whites would have to sit there for a lot longer because mom didn't have a big enough load to, to justify running the water. So after the debacle with my Coca-Cola rugby, I did spend some years following rules, Taylor. Okay. I did. I did. I separated. Yeah. I measured. Mm. I had big loads, small loads. I used all of the settings on the washers and dryers. But, you know, about three or four years ago, I thought, literally thought to myself as I stood there with like one towel and a whole bunch of colored clothes and then white, I was like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? So I threw it all in. <laughs> And everything's been fine ever since. You're like Bilbo Baggins holding the ring. After all, why shouldn't I? I mean, seriously, what's the worst that's going to happen? You will know that you are a laundry rule breaker. And I'm proud of it. The laundry police are going to come and repossess your Tide. Yeah. You lose your Tide license. My knockoff Tide. (laughs) So apparently there are laundry rules. 
I mean, my There's mom taught so them to rules. me. Did your mom teach you laundry rules? No. <laughs> she didn't. I don't, I don't think she did. Really? My mom's a farm girl. It was like, just get it clean. <laughs> okay, I don't see, see what the problem is. So apparently there are laundry rules out there. Nobody here in this studio follows them. No. No. So we want to know, are you a laundry rule follower or a laundry rule breaker? Uh, for the most part, breaker. Yeah! <laughs> we throw all the loads together. We don't yeah. separate. Yeah. yeah. You say we. Who's we? Uh, my husband and I. Oh, really? <laughs> so you're in on it together? Wow. Regular Bonnie and Clyde over here. There's times that we separate as far as, you know, the kids will make one load in itself, but mm-hmm. all of their clothes go together. We kind of do darks, but a lot of the whites and brights go together, and it's just this one at the end of the weekend. It's just all in there together. It's just all. <laughs> a giant laundry Jeans, soup. work pants. <laughs> and has anything bad happened? No. Occasionally, the kids might have like a something stuck in their pocket, like a piece of chalk, but no, no nothing so far. <laughs> I like being on this side of the fence because yeah. I'm a type A oldest child. You're a type A oldest child. Normally we follow the rules. But this is where the dangerous part of us comes out. We are laundry rule breakers. Do you break the laundry rules? I do not. The person I am married to <laughs> breaks oh. the rules. Oh. You're married to a laundry outlaw. And that and that bothers you? Oh my land. It's so bad. The so number one laundry rule at my house is you do not touch my clothes. I will not touch your clothes. Oh, oh okay. One of us does our laundry on Saturday or Sunday, depending on how the weekend goes. My scrubs go in a load. My towels go in a load. My wipes go in a load. Wow. One of us shoves as much as he can into the washing machine and then leaves it in the laundry basket and pulls it out, wadded up and wrinkly as he wears it. (laughs) That sounds like my laundry method. (laughs) So, in order to maintain peace in our marriage, he's not allowed to A, fold the towels, or B, touch my laundry. You know, I think he's getting the better end of the bargain here. You do realize you're creating all sorts of work for yourself. That's okay. I'd rather do it right. (laughs) Calling all the rule breakers. Yes. Well, laundry rule breakers. We want to hear if you break rules when you do the laundry. I tried to follow the rules. And so this is like last year. I, you know, I'm looking at all the labels, trying to make sure I can read them right. And I got really frustrated because... I could not find English on the <laughs> label at all. I was like, what is going on? And I'm trying to look at the picture. So at this point, I'm more in my mid-40s, and I've been in denial about needing reading glasses ever since turning 40. <laughs> and so <laughs> I finally got some glasses, and guess what? There was English on the label. I didn't know what it said. <laughs> I was like, what language is this? <laughs> We're discussing breaking the rules. No, a serious, you know. serious thing to talk about. Well, not I've really. got my serious face on. No, it's laundry rules. I mean, really, who keeps laundry rules? Hi, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus, and I struggle with breaking all the laundry rules. Oh, my name is Jen. I love your name. Hi, Jen. <laughs> I have five kids, and the youngest is 14, and the oldest is 31, and I'm done with laundry rules. Done. <laughs> done. So, unless it is brand new and will bleed, it gets washed by itself. Otherwise, it just goes in. And here's the worst part. We have one of those washers, the newer style, like it doesn't have the little uh, stem in the middle, you know? Right. Yeah. 
So I don't even put the laundry soap in the cup. I just pour it right on the clothes. Oh, my goodness. Me too. You are just know, you're I've, playing fast and loose with your laundry there. I am. This I know. Is, and Jen, what's the worst thing that has happened? Um, Nothing. 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 Yeah. Nothing. These nothing. rules are there for no reason. They're baseless. <laughs> we are just Whatever. exposing big laundry right now. That's that's really what we're this doing. This is an expose just right now. Just blowing the top off of it. Mm-hmm. We won't hold it against you. What? Your brain was not fully developed at the time. <laughs> you mean yesterday? But when you were a child, <laughs> ah. you thought like a child. Yes. You had some ridiculous things that you believed. But when you're a child, they don't seem ridiculous. I bring this up because my friend posted this on Facebook the other day. He said, I'm just now realizing it took me way too long to realize that, you know, the cheese that has holes in it. Swiss. And, and, yeah, Swiss or anything. Turns out that's not because a mouse is living in the cheese. Oh, bless his little heart. He used to think that he had holes for the mouse. You know, it's very sad to go into the store and you see slices of the Swiss cheese. And it's like they just took apart all the building materials. The mouse housing department is really struggling. He thought that the cheese had holes because a mouse ate it. That was well, it was because the mouse was living there. They were making that as part of their home. And now we sell it as food. Okay, Kelly, what tall tale does your kiddos believe? They thought that Kojak cheese, that, you know, like it, it kind of looks like camouflage. Yep. My kids thought that was cheese from the army. <laughs> <laughs> so they called it army cheese. So if you would go to Hy-Vee or whatever, I mean, if you didn't want to have a cookie, they would give you like a piece of cheese and it was just healthier. And my daughter would order up, I would like army cheese, please. And after about the third time, they just knew what we wanted. Taylor's friend believed that Swiss cheese had holes because a mouse lived inside of the block of Swiss cheese. Checks out. Makes I mean, sense. as kids, we often believe tall tales. We grew up out in the country and my brothers and a friend of ours were outside playing in those giant wood bully things, you know, that they have. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bobbins. So there was a wasp nest down in there. And my brothers convinced me that they would throw this rock down in there and all the wasps would come out and it would look really cool. And that this is, at this time, Jurassic Park was really popular. And they said that wasps are like T-Rex. And if you don't move, they can't see you. Oh, no. So they dropped the rock and everybody ran but me. <laughs> you just stood because, there really still. Well, turns out wasps are not like T-Rex. No. <laughs> they all left me there, but they had to hold ice packs on me until my mom got home from work. <laughs> All right, Lana, what tall tale did your kiddos believe? We lived in Sartell, Minnesota when they were all younger, and there was a paper factory right on the Mississippi River, and it always had smoke steam coming out of the pipes there. And we told our children for years that that was the cloud maker. <laughs> so every time we'd go by there, they'd say, the cloud maker. And I was like, yep, that's yep. Cloud. making clouds. And when we travel home to Iowa to see family and friends and I always tell them now look to see if you can see the cloud maker and that means we're almost home oh that's great when they finally got old enough to realize that was not the truth they still <laughs> laughed about the cloud maker did it did it this is gonna be a battle isn't it this is coming it's called brood X have you heard about this have you heard about this brood X is coming now fortunately <laughs> It's not coming to Iowa. Thank goodness. I know. But if you have friends in Illinois and to the east of that, 
Brood X is coming. I mean, you always hear the, oh, every 17 years mm-hmm. this happens, a massive swarm of locusts. Cicadas. Are they c- Cicadas are locusts, right? They're uh, like a kind of locust. I don't know. They're like a crunchy locust. I'm not an, what is it called? Entomologist. What, thank you. I'm not that. <laughs> I am, however, slightly creeped out by cicadas. I mean, yeah. have you looked at them? They're big. And their eyes. And then they molt. And mm-hmm. they leave their skin around, which is very, very messy. Yeah, if I had a roommate doing that, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't approve. <laughs> roommate. But Brood X is waking up any day now. Literally, in the next yeah. few days, any day on the East Coast, millions and millions, millions, <laughs> so of many cicadas. So many. Now, here's the thing: we got Brood IX, Brood Nine last year. Oh, we did. Oh, this is these are Roman numerals. Yes. Oh, but wow. I think since we were all under quarantine at the time, we didn't even notice. Really, we had Brood Nine. That's what I read. I didn't see them. Huh. Maybe they were social distancing too. <laughs> I think they might have I just, been. They didn't see They were like, okay, we can't have more than 10 people outside this house. <laughs> the so we'll, cicadas socially drifted. Due to the pandemic, we are going to be postponing the once every 17 year swarm. Out of an abundance of caution. Out of an abundance of caution. <laughs> these unprecedented cicada times. <laughs> Is it weird that I find cicada sounds to be like nostalgic and calming? Well... A few cicadas, yes, but a horde of them is almost deafening when you go outside. It was just this thing where growing up, we had a bunch of pecan trees in our backyard. And you apparently, had pecan trees? Oh, all over the place. Oh, I love pecans. And apparently those were just like magnets for cicadas. I understand. And so it was like at summertime, it was in Texas, you'd open up the windows, turn on the attic fan, and you hear the cicadas outside. It's so loud. And my little brother... Being the bug fiend that he was, oh, no. thought it was amazing that these guys would shed their skin and they just like molt. leave it. It's so weird and it clings. It's, yeah, it's like a hard kind of shell and you can pick it up and like he'd put it, they'd hang on his shirt like it's a brooch or something. Oh, he'd walk around like that. Goodness. But his crowning achievement. Oh, no. There was one summer where we had this work shed in our backyard and it had kind of no one had really needed anything out of there for a while until my mom went out there at the end of the summer. She opens up the door and she just screams Oh no! like the loudest, shrillest scream you've ever heard. What was in there? Well, my parents had not used the work shed. My brother, however, had taken every single cicada shell he could find no. and put them all <laughs> along the shelves. Like we had shelves all over the place. And it was just a parade of cicada shelves. Every single shelf, just a line of them, end to end. And my mom walked in and there was a chorus of cicadas waiting to greet her. If you see the headline, Brood X is coming, you have to click and see what it's all about. Do I need to get tickets? Is this going to be a good one? 17 years after falling asleep, a giant brood of millions and millions and millions of cicadas is set to wake up any day now. Now, it's going to be Illinois and east of us, so we don't have to technically worry here in Iowa, but we've all had interactions with cicadas or their shells. And I think the interesting thing is God often puts a cicada lover and a cicada (laughs) being terrified of her 
in the same family, like with Lydia. My three-year-old at the time was mortified of him. Absolutely hated him. Didn't even want to walk past one on the sidewalk. Oh sure. Yeah, yeah, I have one of those. And his uh, one-and-a-half-year-old brother loved him. Thought they were the best thing on this earth. <laughs> he would put them all over his body, his yep. arms, his legs, yep. just all over. My three-year-old was screaming, you'd have thought the bugs were coming to get him next by the way he would scream. So that sounds like was, the difference between me and my brother. I just think yes. it's so, because I have two kids and I have mm-hmm. one like that and one that is fascinated with them. I just think it's so interesting how you can have two kids and they can be so different. Yeah. Got to be the time of year they were born. One in the spring, one in the winter. Maybe one was born with the brood. That could be. That could be. (laughs) One with the brood. One with the brood. That's the sequel to Brood X. The Taylor and Jen Podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.